This is the one with a mind-melting minotaur. A metamorphic mirror mutant. A m- uh, Sorry, what are we doing? A blank check. And a bank that doesn't chain up its pens, but its tellers. It's called Time Heist! Here, Here we go! Whistle on our epic phrase. All through time and all through space. We're slipping and angels now. Dalek Cyber Zood and wow! Counting Sonic's rating apps. From the poor to the sublime. Eccleston to Whittaker. Let's agree it's about time. Who back when? Reviewing on you who there is. Who back when? Subscribe and rate on iTunes, please. Rose and Donna. Amy Pond. Rory Clara. And beyond. Join us on this side to see what other choice could there be. But who back when? Who back when? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode N109 of Who Back When, a Doctor Who podcast. Or Dogpast. Damn right it is. I am Drew Back When, <laughs> and I have two very close friends here beside me tonight Aww. to help me review this episode, one of whom is... It's Marie. Hello. Hello. Well done. <laughs> well navigated. That is my name. Yeah, yeah. I remembered it. And this guy... Oh, I'm Leon. Yes, he is. Don't you dare call him Ponkin. <laughs> if we say this at the beginning rather than the end, maybe people will get on board. Oh. Nice, nice. Hello, everyone. What have you got against Ponkin? I'm rebranding. Okay. <laughs> Why do you hate who you used to be? Oh, <laughs> oh whatever. <laughs> Time host, eh? You've been looking forward to this. Oh, my goodness, have I ever? Was it everything you remembered it to be? <laughs> Wait, did you like it the first time around? Did you like it? Oh, my goodness. Did you enjoy it? Well, I alluded to what I thought of it a few episodes ago during Stephen Thompson's last episode, which was Journeys to the Centre of the TARDIS. Oh, right. And I remembered it back then as being decent with the odd ropey moment. Ooh! <laughs> Hosh, taking this episode to task. <laughs> Marie? Um, well, I don't. I think I remembered it as being much more than decent. I don't know. I think it might be one of those that sticks in your memory as a bit trying too hard. Oh, interesting. What, is Doctor Who just phoning it in most of the time? (laughs) (laughs) They're building a whole world every week. A whole new world of corridors. Different lighting, different shapes. I did wonder if you'd enjoy the corridors. (laughs) We'll get to that. Oh, yeah, no, we have to talk corridors. (laughs) Maybe we can even play a a thematic game. Perhaps one has already been prepared. Wonderful, excellent. (laughs) I'll get the buzzers. No, seriously, I'm getting the buzzers. <laughs> I think the only place to go from here is a B scale. Yeah, no, I mean, don't ask me what I thought. <laughs> oh, no. You've already said that it was great. <laughs> no, okay. no, fine. No, no, fine, fine. No, now no, I no, feel, no, no, now no, I feel no, like I forced no, you guys no. into it. I didn't mean to. <laughs> okay, fine, since you ask. Uh, I, <laughs> I remember this being a great episode with a super cheesy ending. Yeah, no, yeah, I agree with my past self. Whoa. Yeah. yeah. You've got a pretty sound memory. Yeah. <laughs> Can we do that B scan now? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. <laughs> Time for us to synopsize. Lobify and summarize. So take a view and grab a brew. And listen to this overview. This free for all. We like to call a bite-sized chunk of who. Bite-sized chunk of who. Clara is fed up with the doctor putting her on the shelf. So she colours in her face and is almost out the door for her second date with world's worst civilian murdering flirt. Oh, <laughs> Danny Pink, yay! When the TARDIS phone starts ringing off the hook. The next thing they remember is dropping memory worms in a conference room full of strangers, a motley crew of gifted misfits gathered together by the mysterious architect to break reputedly the most impregnable bank in the universe. Between them and their promised loot... 
for which their past selves agreed to risk everything, stand the telepathic guilt-sniffing teller, amoral security nut Miss Delphox, and maybe some soldiers? Because the bank's interiors are nothing but camouflage. Be scout over, you are welcome. Aren't you just? <laughs> but, <laughs> but seriously, Danny Pink does not need bullets to off some innocent little boy. After a few lines of his flirting, I wanted to get my hands on the nearest atomic shredder. Oh, <laughs> isn't it cute? Isn't it a bit cute? No, it's no, pathetic. No, it's pathetic. It's the worst thing. <laughs> yeah. Worst thing. It is me, mouth. (laughs) (laughs) He's got a really bad case of Yoda-itis. Yeah. I mean, I get that after a night with Clara, his head will still be spinning, but still. Wait, is this post-shag? Have they shagged? Wait, what happened after their first date? She went, like, straight to his place. Yeah, and then she showed him. Let's talk about the episode between the two episodes. (laughs) (laughs) Strap in, podcast land. We're going to spend an an hour and a half talking about (laughs) Clara and Pink's sex life. Yeah, what better adventure did we not see on screen this week? (laughs) Was he bigger on the inside? Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Trying to make a pink joke. Okay, yeah, all right. (laughs) (laughs) Uniquely ill-suited to this situation. (laughs) Oh, well, never mind. Right, okay. Are we starting with Pink? Well, I mean, that's all he gets in this episode. Uh, so, yeah, haven't we done Pink? Like, what else? Okay, fair enough. Yeah. But he does manage to be a minus in his few seconds of screen time. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Doesn't he? Oh. You think it's cute? I think it's a bit... Well, she thinks it's cute, and that's nice. I'm so glad he's not along for this adventure. Yeah. Hmm. He wouldn't fit in with the rest of them. She's quite flirty with the other guy, though, the, like, half-robot guy. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Oh, I th- thinks he's just being amiable. Okay. She's seen his USB port. She wants to know if he's backwards compatible. Yeah. All right. Wants to install his plug-in. <laughs> All right. Let's just breeze past that one. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I have a first question. Yeah. All right. How cold is this bank? Cold. Because every time someone know. breathes into the air monitors, it's like they're on the planet of the Ood. Oh, that's a good point. I hadn't thought about that. Mm. Yeah. Does, does that sort of illuminate the air around it so you know where you're breathing? You've got to aim your DNA properly on the thing. Onto the greasy receptacle. that everyone's breathed on. Yeah. yeah. That should be self-wiping it at should. intervals. Ugh. Otherwise, oh, it's just gross. a massive... It's just a soup. Maybe exactly. just a soup. How would they tell who was there? Well, when someone exhales the wrong DNA onto the sensor, the whole room gets incinerated. So maybe occasionally they just incinerate someone to clean it off. Just to... Yeah, we, we haven't had an incineration for a while. We'll just cleanse this whole... Yeah. Yeah. Clara should have breathed out Danny Pink's DNA... Which are all over her mouth onto this sensor. And the incinerators would have got so confused they just self-destructed. No, it's not, because the blooming kid interrupted their snog, and so there's no DNA. Oh. No, that kid is long gone, and they've bolted the sports hall from the inside. (laughs) And and she's dangling from the ropes, and he's launching himself off the balance beam. Wait, wait, the whole thing. (laughs) So it's like a sex swing in the classroom. Yeah. (laughs) She's an English teacher, right? Yeah. Okay, cool. No, that makes sense. Oh. I did say this had the odd ropey moment. Ooh. <laughs> I hadn't considered that you can see the exhalation. Do you think that also applies to the other things that you can see here? Like there are some cold elements that you can see whizzing around. You have the weird beam that comes from the minotaur, whatever, the mm. brain cow. The like, teller. The teller, yeah. I can actually, you actually see those? I didn't get that it was... A bank teller. Like, I didn't get that that was a pun until you said it in the B-Scat. I was like, oh, that's really clever. (laughs) (laughs) Good going, the Stevens. Yeah, well done. (laughs) 
I should mention Stephen Thompson. His new series he's got going on at the moment is Leonardo, an Italian production starring Aidan Turner as Leonardo da Vinci. What, another Leonardo da Vinci story? Yes. Oh. There was some other connection between... Oh, no, it was the chap who played Leonardo da Vinci in Da Vinci's Demons or something like that was on one of the episodes that we reviewed. Well, also, Psy is played by Jonathan Bailey in this episode. In 2011 to 12, he played a fictitious version of Leonardo da Vinci in a series called... Can anyone guess? Leonardo. Indeed! (laughs) Come on, guys! Wow. He's also been in Broadchurch and WNA. That's a small family, the BBC. Yeah, it really is. I liked his character. I liked his character and I liked... I can't remember what her name was. Sabra. That's the one. Sabra, yeah. As heist movies go, needing a crew, I thought they were fantastic crew members. And it was really nice that all of their motivations were um, were just not monetary. It wasn't like there was a callous person that was just in it for the god. There's always one of those in a heist movie. Although you don't know that, and they don't even know that. Well, that's the thing. When I thought that was a really clever point, where he said, "Like, think of the thing you value most or you want most in the world, and how much do you want it? What would you? What are you willing to sacrifice for it?" And everybody immediately went, "Oh, yeah, okay." And they all had something in mind, I guess. You didn't see Clara off-screen pocket the Fabergé egg at the end. <laughs> Just before the escape route, or whatever yeah. they call it, the exit strategy. I would quite like it if, in the next episode, we just pan across Clara's room and she, like, shuts a little case that contains what you can clearly make out as a Fabergé egg and Pink is just like, oh, what's in there? Oh, nothing, nothing, Pink, don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, that's your just Valentine's a... Day present. No peeping. <laughs> just a souvenir. Actually, I do have something to say about Pink. Hmm. Or about Clara and Pink. She clearly prefers to go on a date rather than go on an adventure in the TARDIS. She's excited. She's been yeah. in the TARDIS for weeks and months, years. I don't know how long she's supposed to have been travelling with him. but Yeah, long enough to not be wowed every single week. Yeah. Which is why the Doctor thinks, ah, I've got one over on him. This was a really special one this time. But she's still excited to go on a date. Yeah, but the Doctor doesn't understand that. No. People are simple and have one motivation only. That was a bit of a weird thing at the end with the Doctor trying to be like, ah, top that for a date. And um, Yeah, do you think we're building up to jealousy. that? jealousy. Do you think we're building up to that line we've all been dreading? What's the line? The line where she's like, yeah, I could go out with older guys, I suppose. Oh, no. Mm. I forgot that that's coming. Well, it must be coming at some point because we all remembered it and dreaded it and it hasn't come up yet. Why would she say that at this point? I forgot that that was happening, but why would she say that at this point? She's going to be with Pink and probably very true to him in a non-Amy Pond way until even after he's gone. Um, I think she's already said it. Doesn't she say it in the first Capaldi episode? Really? Yeah, I thought we talked about it. And I just I thought we were it. talking about how it was going to happen. No, I think she she said like she starts banging on about how she fancied Alexander the Grey, and then I'm sure she says like she's always fancied older men and because oh. they were talking about how she like she she was looking at him differently now he's not this like pretty boy in Matt Smith you're right yes you're yeah, right it was all about Capaldi oh goodness I so I remembered it as much worse than it was and was waiting yeah. for a line that stood out catastrophically yeah. bad yeah she had Marcus Aurelius on her wall yeah. something like that yeah yeah yeah, yeah. No, I, I think it felt really jarring at the time because you hadn't seen her like w- acting with Capaldi and it was this preemptive like look at me I'm attracted to old men and I really thought that they were going to build on that and make them like do the will they won't they thing and then they never have they've kind of completely steered away from that which is really nice and i love when he talks about her like you've got taller are you on stilts and it's like um i'm just wearing heels or like she's colored in your face and like he just doesn't see her as a woman or as like a and even if he did he doesn't understand the like even rudimentary human behavior yeah which is weird considering how much time he spent around human females and occasionally he's really au fait with just human psychology he can read a person but then he fails to understand
understand why anyone would date. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but, but I think we got a bit of that in the latest Doctor Who episode with Jodie Whittaker. Are you caught up? Oh, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, so we'll deal in generalities, but Graham is talking to Jodie Whittaker about something. He's lay, he's putting his heart on his sleeve, and Jodie Whittaker is like, I don't know what to say to that, so uh, just know that I'm listening, and maybe I'll get back to you later. I didn't like that scene. And she's got <laughs> thousands of years of being a man and hanging out with earth males and yeah she she hasn't got it all down either there's a bit of capaldi there uh not she's as still good. an alien she's still an alien uh, okay well i mean we're gonna get to that episode in no time at all podcast land <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'd say i really enjoyed capaldi in this episode and i don't know because we have started going through the latest series of Whit- like whitaker we're, we're trying to catch up and i think the co- like the contrast of that i think the last episode i watched she was very much like not in control of the room and other people were bossing her around and she and she was kind of not finding a place and in this episode he starts immediately bossing everyone around and everyone goes well, who put you in charge and he just is so in control and knows exactly what's happening and everyone they question it but then they immediately do what he tells them to and they, everyone trusts him and and yeah he's very strong yeah very authoritative yeah what was the last 13th Doctor one you were? Oh, no, just... The Awful 55. Awful 55! Oh, oh, no, get on with oh, it. Oh, no, no, I'm sorry. Are you Jim the Fishing? We've been busy. <laughs> okay, well, back to this one. Okay. <laughs> Can we talk opening? One scene that I had a very vivid recollection of was the picking up a phone, mm. hard cut to, oh, my God, there's a worm in my hand. What an opening. I love that scene. What an incredible opening. Yeah, that's so cool. Second time we've had the memory worms as well. We had something with something with Strax. I remember he was picking up a memory worm from... It was the snowman. Ah, okay, well done. Mm. So it's a, it's a clever thing to bring in because you didn't need it to be that again. But because we've already had them, there doesn't need to be a big explanation about how. You just immediately know, oh, it's a memory worm. Oh, I don't remember. And it just moves it yeah, perfectly on quite set up. quickly paced. Yeah. yeah. And then linking back... Because eventually we end up knowing that the doctor is the one who's put it all together. And so obviously he would know about the memory worms, so he would bring in the memory worms and it's all nicely rounded off. Yeah. Hmm. Yes. True. Yeah. I, lo- I, loved, <laughs> I loved that first scene of Sabra. Sabra? Sabra. Sabra. Face when the, when, yeah, the, when the memory worms, like little oh, yeah, the the round like, things oh, keep yeah. popping out of her cheek. Mm. Can someone explain her condition to me? She's able to uh, shapeshift. She's it's not able. It's like she's forced she, to. Yeah, she doesn't have a choice in it because she said like I can't touch another person without. Yeah, changing. it's an involuntary reaction. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. And but then she can keep it forever. Yeah. She can't revisit it. Oh, I don't know. Once she's changed back, I don't know. Did you say that? No. Oh. No, I'm, I'm wondering. I probably oh. not then. I don't know. Yeah. I'm starting to wonder now why she didn't just lightly brush against Miss Delphox when Mm. she was walking past and masquerade as her for a bit. But it still went in a decent direction. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I never questioned her abilities. She could have touched the slimy old teller. That would have been something. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Gross. Yeah. By the way, the teller looked amazing. The right? teller was were fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah, really, really good. They looked quite familiar though, as well. Like it didn't, it wasn't this complete alien that you've never seen before. It felt very similar to the um, like Minotaur figure in the hotel one, the God Complex. Yeah, oh, right. Yeah, uh, which I thought was quite nice. Like there's so you know many species in the world that have evolved to be like similar looking but completely separate. And so why can't there be aliens out there that have sort of genetic similarities? And I think it just it 
it made you recognise it immediately. And I don't know how similar it was, apart from being big and bulky and yeah. shambling, because the Minotaur didn't have these two animatronically operated... No. Like, Antennae. Stalks. They yeah. were very cool. They were amazing. Yeah. Yeah, even the eyes, like, they blinked and everything. And when it opened and closed its mouth, the, the lips were so... They seemed so fleshy and flexible. It was really quite impressive. Yeah, and it was about two-thirds of the way through the episode that I finally saw its teeth when it was roaring. And I thought, oh, there's another thing. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, question about the teller. Oh, sorry. Well, I was just going to say that I watched the Doctor Who extra little supplement to this. And the actors in that, quite tellingly, shall we say, were saying, sometimes you really have to just react against nothing Mm. because because either there's a complete green screen or you're acting opposite a green tennis ball that in post-production will be a slightly bigger green tennis ball alien. But in this one, the teller was really good. (laughs) They were saying, like, really impressed. My acting was that much more natural because of it. Well done, props team. Yeah, definitely well done. Mm. I read in the trivia that this was... I can't remember his name now, but it was directed by the chap who did the pirate episode, the black... Curse of the Black Spot. Curse of the Black Spot, thank mm. you. Where they blew the entire budget on special effects. That was Stephen Thompson's first episode. Ah. Is this his second? His third. His third. What's the second one? The Journey to the Center of the Time. Oh, of course, sorry. <laughs> but because they blew the whole budget on special effects, and that can go exponentially. Like, if you, you want to tweak something, you end yeah. up paying a fortune. Here, they spent the equivalent amount of money on a practical costume on a prop and cut their costs you're thinking and much more effective Mm. but i've got a question about the teller two questions about the teller question number one cutting to the end was it not a little awkward to see the teller and his buddy naked and question number two (laughs) (laughs) why give them orange overalls yeah yeah that was my question is anyone gonna think that they're businessmen like is anyone gonna go like "Mm, it's just another wall street chap (laughs) walking down the corridor it was chained up like it was a prisoner it was almost like a prison uniform but then he's working for them so it was a really weird setup but i understand putting the main teller guy in a in some kind of outfit but why was the one that was locked away also in the same outfit to me it's like you have a, a doberman pincher that can read minds. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You don't give your Doberman Pinscher an orange overall. No. Like it's a Doberman well, it Pinscher. Really co- it, we have already established it's really cold <laughs> in that bank. <laughs> there are solar flares like barbecuing the planet. That is a one-off occurrence, <laughs> which they have not accounted for. Why have, have they not relocated? It seems really quite irresponsible. It is rather, isn't it? Mm. Is this one natural phenomenon going to completely demolish galactic economy? Because everyone who owns a solar system has their riches deposited in this one bank. Yeah, yeah, um, I, I guess it is. Well, I mean, it'll recalibrate, but there will be a shock. Yeah. I think she said, um, what's the main lady called? Carabraxas? Carabraxas, yeah. She said, I've got a version of me in every bank. Mm. So I think she's got her money scattered. So maybe like the other alien billionaires have done the same. You wouldn't put everything in the same place, would you? That is true. And that would perhaps cover over one slight plot hole, I think. If you could transport the stuff from the safety deposit boxes securely to other safety deposit boxes, I guess, securely encrypted transportation, maybe that's why they don't have any shields stopping Psy and Sabra just transporting out. Yeah. 
from where they are in the bank to the TARDIS and then back in again. Mm. Because isn't that the first thing people with teleport technology would try on this bank? They'd get the schematics, they'd hover in an orbit and just zap in from there. That's so true. Mm. That's so true. Well, mm. and because the doctor says as well, like you, in on any other day, they would just use the TARDIS and then it's when the solar flares start happening and he goes like, oh, this is why we're not in the TARDIS because the TARDIS couldn't land today in particular. Yeah. But on any other day. But is it also just because of the solar flares? Is this what you just said? Did I just misunderstand this? Is it because of the solar flares that you can teleport, but because of the solar flares you also can't materialize? You can't use I don't the TARDIS. Think, I don't think the teleport, uh, the solar flares are. Daunting. But then Drew's point is like mega, mm. super duper valid. Why isn't wherever you turn in this bank, there's just a thief teleporting in and out? But maybe, <laughs> maybe you can't teleport in the vault because they weren't in the vault when they. Oh, okay. Yeah, Maybe they were in like a secure Newport power That's station. Fair. Yeah, that's very fair. Because people have to get to the bank in the first place. Maybe you can teleport into the like main areas, but just not in the vault. Yeah. Okay. True. Because it's atomically locked. Still seems like you need heavily armed soldiers everywhere manning all the teleportation ingresses. But where is this? And when when is this? I don't think it matters. Yeah. It's full of what looked like humans. Like everyone is an extra from suits or a lady in kabuki makeup. Like the, which by the way I loved. <laughs> and I loved her friend with the fantastic grey braids. Yeah. Making a deposit, but they're wearing suits, like they're wearing present day attire. Not the not not the lady in kabuki makeup. Everyone, the the chap who gets his head turned concave. Yeah, yeah, he's wearing like a, just a suit from now. Maybe it's like a thousand years in the future, but it's very they're all retro. Is he human? No. Oh, okay. oh, okay. Yeah, actually, if it were a thousand years in the future, that would explain why the last Fabergé egg is now not only one of the most yeah. valuable things in the world, but the universe. Yeah. Oh, that's true. That, oh yeah okay fine that's true also I learned from Doctor Who Extra that one of the most precious objects in the universe in the private vaults was a rocket a cardboard rocket made out of a toilet roll by the director Douglas McKinnon's daughter oh, Ruby oh, oh that's so sweet that's if, really sweet if you watch there's a there's a really slow panning shot across the centre of the vault and there's just this magenta and like gold it's the naffest oh. thing <laughs> a screenshot <laughs> yeah put, put a screenshot on absolutely that's adorable though <laughs> yeah hmm. yeah it doesn't matter when it is because it's all time travel and blah 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 but there is a very um like how are they there why are they there why is the doctor the architect in the first place because the lady called him but she only got his number because he was there yeah like again wait hang on is this the past influencing the future influencing the past kind of thing absolutely oh i like it it makes no sense whatsoever but i love it yeah (laughs) how else are you going to stage a time heist it's literally the only way. Okay, wait. Oh, all right. Oh, oh okay. Uh, more questions. More questions. How can you stage a time heist? He heisted in there on his own. Like, he got past all the obstacles on his own and left all these attache cases with clues and stuff. Because... How did he do that? Any other time, he could land the TARDIS there. So he just hopped back in time, hid these objects when it was safe and stable and when the solar flares weren't going on. Because there's no, they don't pick up anything in the vault, do they? They've already got everything they need by that point. Yeah. Yeah. So you can so this is you can teleport into the other areas and you can land a TARDIS in the other areas. You just can't get into the sealed vault. So he just gave them all the information they would need to open the vault and then the solar flares was the mm. last bit. But yeah, how would you know, without going through all those stages, how would you know that that solar flare at that particular time would be enough to like open the last lock? Because it's a, an homage to Die Hard. It's such a beautiful homage to Die Hard. Please elaborate. You've seen Die Hard. I have. You've seen Die Hard? Yeah. Sorry, just making sure that I'm not <laughs> spoiling something here. In Die Hard, they're opening a safe 
you can open every lock except the one last one, and it opens when the FBI cuts the power to the building, oh. and then they stand back and the vault door opens. And oh, nice. Felt oh, like that a, is good. Yeah. That's putting some points on. Yeah. Yeah, well, die hard. Is it also that the Doctor... In the first instance, as the architect, he's leaving stuff in the bank. He's doing it on the orders of of Carabraxos. Mm. So would he not be guilty if the teller were to mind meld him? Maybe that's it. Yeah, maybe he's completely there legitimately. Yeah, he's just following orders from the head of the bank. Yeah. Like the teller indeed. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. The teller will just find a kindred spirit. I don't know what the other guy, the guy that did get brain souped, had done because they seem to at one point say oh we got the wrong people we got what? the wrong people yeah oh yeah, yes yeah, you're yeah. right yeah. yeah so was he there was he trying to do something did he have counterfeit money and they got the right man or was could they be looking the for the doctor could they, they be looking for the later version of the doctor who's got yeah. popping back to they were, leave cases like they were look well i don't know they were looking for those four and they got distracted yeah, I was quite confused as to how they knew they were looking for those. It said like f- four. four intruders because everyone there had to have their DNA approved. Oh, maybe, but oh, so so as soon as you land in the bank, yeah. Know. Why would any, where are they in the first scene in the conference room? Are they yes, in the bank I know outside this as well. building? I don't know. Why are they already wanted criminals? Yeah, because yeah, the soldiers are there. Yeah, so you think it was in the bank, but then they walk up to the front. Mm. as Mr. DNA Loan. Yeah, no, I, I wondered the same thing. Mm. Oh, shit, I think that might be a plot hole. Does that just remove that Point Die Hard reference game? No, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely not. Absolutely not. <laughs> Should we talk about the woman or women we've been talking about for a while? Ms. Delfox mm. and Carabraxos. Go for it. Played by Keely Hawes, real name Claire Hawes. Oh? She, Why she does was, she go by Keely, yeah. then? I guess it's a more actory name. Oh. I mean, it's like the female Remy, isn't it? What an actor's name. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. So she was the co-lead in Bodyguard. She was in Ambassadors, that show only an eye in the Ridgeways ever watched. She was in Ashes to Ashes. (laughs) She was in a film called The Bank Job as the character Wendy Leather. I may need to look this up. (laughs) Wendy Leather? Yeah. Hot. Is it also a heist thing? I can only it's called the assume, bank job, one assumes. I can only assume it's Vinnie Jones or Jason Statham, depending on exactly which year <laughs> it was filmed. <laughs> Honestly, I thought she'd been in more, because I see her face and go, that's Keely Hawes. She looks so familiar. I didn't yeah. know her name, but I definitely right, recognised her. But from yeah, where? So. From where, Marie? Where? From Ashes to Ashes, I think. Aha. Mm. Okay. Yeah, but I couldn't have told you that. It's only now you've said it that it's connected in my mind. Mm. Yeah. What do we think of her? I think she's super good. I love her. Yeah. She reminds me of Missy a little bit. I was just going to say. Because I think the first time I saw this episode, I immediately connected the two characters and I was like, oh, it must be part of this other... Because we still haven't gone anywhere with Missy. We don't know... No, we don't know who... What? There are references to Missy in this one, but we haven't actually met her yet. Yeah. Did you also think perhaps that before we get to see who Carabraxos is, did you think perhaps that's Missy? Ah, maybe. Because that's where my brain went. Yeah, Yeah, because they've already mentioned the woman in the shop at the beginning. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So you're already in tune to. Yeah, and they're talking about about the director. Yeah. I made the comparison with Missy too, but I thought Missy was a hundred times better and more flair and sinister likability. I didn't find Delphox likable at any point. No. No, Delphox is like the, the corporate version of Missy, like less flamboyant, less personality mm. more ice cold professionalism mm. 
Get more like Madame Colvarian, is it? Yeah, yeah, that's exactly who it is. Mm. Yeah, somewhere in between, actually. Yeah. I wonder if they just underwrote her character a bit compared to the other extras. Do we like the other extras when they're giving their extra extraneous info dumps? More because they're talking about interesting concepts and their life histories and well you mean the other crew members yeah and their motivations and stuff and and that's all new and and flashy or are they better actors it's got to be the the info that they're giving us right mm. i think we have also been conditioned as consumers of entertainment to really either try to relate to or just sympathize with other members of the heist crew so the second the doctor whom we love and clara whom we love team up with a crew we are just immediately friends of theirs mm. or at least we want to be so we find things that we like about them and they're both like impressed with the the other two as well like. also yeah yeah well the doctor isn't i mean he puts them to work yeah and he says good you'll be useful but there's no actually wait you're right there. you're yeah. right because before the doctor realizes that they're teleporters and not whatever they're called shredders not murder like suicide machines he's pretty stone cold about mm. the quote-unquote death of still can't remember her name sabra that's the one <laughs> I, have, I have to keep looking at my notes every time <laughs> and i also wrote saber down i have to keep adding the r in it, looked, it was a little bit sad when he when he gave her the shredder wasn't he Maybe a little bit. But it was, it's too late. I don't know how to save you. So if you don't want to be too, turned to soup, which does seem like a dreadful way to not die. It's very similarly written, very similarly set up to the chap who dies in um, Into the Dalek. Mm. It was like, here, eat this tracing device or whatever yeah. it is. I think that was co- a lot colder because that was, I don't know, it didn't even look a little bit sad. Like no, everyone else, <laughs> uh, uh, he, he gave it to him thinking it was a lifeline. And then when he died, everyone was like, what? I thought you were going to save him. He was like, no, nah, I couldn't. Whereas this way around, it was like, at least he was honest with her. He's like, if you want a way out of this, I can help Give you. you the it'll, be, it'll be instant yeah. and painless. And yeah, yeah and she, it was her choice. And then he didn't append a really cruel remark to it in the next scene yeah yeah so i think he clara was improved is, yeah clara then. is improving him yes okay <laughs> yeah those two are so wonderful together they are they're a great team how many of the villains that Sai was downloading or uploading or whatever loading on the wall flashing before your eyes how many did you spot well <laughs> <laughs> oh, what have you got prepared I only noticed two, and one of them may be mistaken, because I looked this up online afterwards, and one of those two is not on the list. Oh, no. I saw James Masters, a.k.a. Spike, from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh, really? Uh, (laughs) His character of, uh, I couldn't remember his name, but his character is John Hart. He's from Torchwood. Oh. He's like Captain Jack's old colleague slash whatever. He's also a renegade time agent. But he's freaking Spike from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Mm. And then I... Thought I saw the cowboy robot chap. You did, Carla Tech. Ah, he's not on the list on TARDIS Wikia. I <gasps> was completely sure that I was mistaken about that. Oh, I think nice. that's where I got him from, but whatever. Mm. I saw the Ice Warrior and the Slitheen. I did not see them. Maybe I looked this up on IMDb in that case. Either way, there were two more people on the list. There were actually only four people on the list that I found online. Absalom Dark, whom you and I have met in a comic book. Oh, wow. Yeah. What? 
Oh. Yes, exactly. The, okay. the hey, chap I'm who's... getting that I'm getting that buzz that real fans get. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I get that. I uh, yeah. A, a chap whose like entire family was murdered by the Daleks and now he's a psychopath just killing every Dalek he can find across the galaxy. Yeah, the man's a walking chainsaw. Yeah. <laughs> Absalom Dark. And uh, I I don't know which I mean, would they have included a cartoon? Like, would it have been a drawing of him? I don't know. I I didn't even notice that. And the other one was someone from the Sarah Jane Adventures. Uh, no, two. Andravax and the Trickster from the Sarah oh, Jane wow. Adventures. This is really rewarding the hardcore fans. Yeah. <laughs> but wait, why? Why are all those images in his head? Where does that even come from? I guess he's done a Google search for most villainous villains and looking at images of them somehow puts them bodily into his head for to be digested by the teller doesn't quite add up i mean i could look at a bunch of mug shots and that wouldn't make me the world's greatest master criminal but if you had the ability to store anything in your cyber brain well it depends on the metadata like random pictures yeah okay i sort of took the um like he's a criminal mastermind and maybe he's learnt from all these other criminal masterminds and so you're basically it's not just one person's knowledge it's it's all this knowledge that he's absorbed and stored because he's got a bigger me- like memory capacity than most humans so there's more guilt like collective guilt in his mind than there is in Clara's and that's why he was pulled away from Clara the teller mm. I am going to preempt Michael Ridgway's review Ooh. spoiler alert <laughs> That Sai should just have looked at one picture of the seventh doctor. And then he would have been able to NLP the shit out of the teller, basically make it self-destruct <laughs> and just open the vault for them. And that would have been it then and there. I like it. I like it. <laughs> yeah. Did you warm to Sai because he, he was so afraid of dying and he didn't he didn't want to be souped and he didn't really want to kill himself either, but he put himself back in harm's way to save Clara. Mm. Yeah, but at the last minute, he could have reset his mind again and then the teller would have been like, oh wait, sorry, my mistake, you're completely innocent. Because that's actually, yeah, that's the point. The doctor <gasps> said that in the beginning, mm. is that you're the only one who actually can do a I forgot about manual that. brain wipe Yeah, and you will be, you will get away. Yeah. yeah. Why the heck did they do that? But yeah. he, he would do that. The teller might... would go like, okay, you're fine and then clomp, clomp away and he'd be in the middle of a corridor like, of, with some colour and go just go, fuck, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> He'd automatically check his hand for worms. (laughs) (laughs) But then Clara or the Doctor would find him and he'd get to the end of the episode and he'd still get all his memories restored. Just two sets instead of one. Yeah. I think he wanted to be the hero and I think it was... Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. But I also think... It was not super effective. That scene, like his sacrifice, came like maybe a minute after he's revealed his tragic backstory. So we don't really feel the sacrifice. So oh, take it or leave it. You're, you're just a cool dude in a leather jacket right now, and yeah, you're, you're doing a nice thing. I think I wanted. I, I wanted to like it more than I did. It just it did fall a little flat. I think. I don't know if I'm thinking of the thing that you watched, the behind-the-scenes extra stuff. Could be. But I remember when this episode came on TV, for a, a good week, there was footage of the chap who played Sai and the woman who played What's-Her-Face. Sabra! <laughs> Sabra! <laughs> <laughs> About how, oh, wow, we've got this fantastic crew. Look at these awesome co-stars. Look at these extra like companions of the week. Like, more so than you would normally get. Oh, maybe it's Strax and Vastra yeah. would get the same treatment. But otherwise, but you wouldn't get... Vastra are recurring characters. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And 
I looked them up. They never appear in anything else. Like they, they don't even get an audio book or a comic book. Mm. These characters. No, and they also at the end make quite a show of the Doctor doing the same call me thing that yeah. he did in the God Complex. Yeah. Oh. With that could have been a companion of the week. Definitely. Mm. Yeah, the Muslim one. Yeah, he does it twice. In fact, and no. Never come back. At some point, he needs to Bill and Ted them as well, right? He needs to call the past versions of those two to recruit them yeah. to this gig. Could it be like, hey, I'm going to call you in the past. You have no idea. Like, I'm. Don't worry, I will be in touch with you. I don't think that's the symbol for I'm going to call you. I think that's the symbol for you should call, you call me. me. Exactly. Oh, yeah. actually, you know what? That's true, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. I have no friends. No one ever calls me. I think they've had I do this. Of... It's the texting symbol. Yeah. <laughs> Off-screen adventures they've had, and um, and they've been doing heists all over the universe. Except for what's her face, who no longer has the the one skill that makes her useful. No, in a heist. she she now can control it, isn't it? There's it's a suppressor. Oh. But if she doesn't take her suppressor, she can like. Does that mean that she'll run out at some point? Yeah, that's know. not a very big bottle. No, no I well, feel like this you is might a need cure. like one droplet on your tongue and then it's done. I'm pretty sure this was presented as a cure. Like this undoes what mm. you are currently suffering from. Yeah. So, oh, but I just the term suppressor. You'd think if it can be suppressed, then it can be. Here, take this thing. It will wipe your LinkedIn slate clean. <laughs> 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 no more employability. <laughs> But that's really sad. I found her story really sad. And she was just like, I could never get close to anyone because yeah. no one wants to love me when I look like that. Uh, like, they could. Like, I mean, why doesn't she just date a narcissist? Or a, yeah. bl- or a blind person. Yeah. Yeah. Or wouldn't you just turn her around and keep going? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, no, don't even turn her around. I just I want to look myself in the eyes. Thank <laughs> you very much. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah. Listen, mm. That's that's too intense an image. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everyone in running in the gym listening to this just <laughs> turned up the speed to twice as much. Going, I've got to run off and get away from this. <laughs> Before my erection shatters the glass screen in front of me. Launches out over the swimming pool. Oh, uh, wait, sorry, about the other guy, Sai. He has very much the same role and the same backstory as Johnny Mnemonic. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, I don't know if you, uh, you've seen this. It's a Keanu Reeves movie. I don't know if it's based on a comic book. It might be. Mm. But he's a, a digital courier, and he's had to sacrifice part of his brain, effectively, for a microchip that he's got in there. And he, like, he plugs it, very much like uh, Sai plugs in a USB, mm. to recharge. Like, what? <laughs> but yeah, anyway, yeah. So, mm. and, and the backstory, Johnny Mnemonic is also like, oh, I don't remember my family. Like, I had to, I had to give up a certain thing. And what, what was that? Oh, it was my childhood. So I don't remember my family or anything. Mm. Thing. It's very much the same thing. The, wow, yes it is. The plugging him into recharge really stressed me out. Because I, I think when he was introduced, I assumed he was human with just like a robot memory. And then when he says I need to plug into charge, it's like, oh, are you just, uh, at some point, are you just going to stop working? Is he actually a robot that just, like, I don't understand what he is. Yeah, exactly. I guess at some point his chess and go playing capacity is going to markedly reduce. But otherwise he'll be able to function as usual. Yeah, but wouldn't, yeah, exactly. Couldn't he just... We have portable USB chargers now. <laughs> Couldn't he just have something like... I mean, he could be like a car. Oh, I have to walk for a while to that, recharge my batteries. That's what I was thinking. Shouldn't, wouldn't, shouldn't it be charging from him? Exactly. Or like from his heartbeat yeah, or something. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I don't know. That seems like it would shorten your lifespan. Why? 
because it's stealing it's, electricity yeah, from your body. energy out here. Okay, but like uh, he's he's grabbing his static electricity from the soles of his shoes. He's, he's wearing like his, his the soles of his shoes are furry. <laughs> <laughs> so as he walks, or they're made of whatever balloons are made of. So like when he walks around, it's just like. Or he's just got loads of balloon animals stuffed down his trousers, exactly squeaking away, <laughs> generating all sorts of static. Yeah, and then we can have this fantastic scene where he looks at uh, I don't know. He, he has a recollection of something that really aroused him, and we just hear pop. <laughs> yeah. Or just one foot of balloon giraffe neck <laughs> pokes out. <laughs> and the doctor instinctively like just turns it into a pair of glasses. I don't know, that's the first balloon an- it's not even an animal. Oh fuck it. You know what I'm talking about. We've talked about Sabra often enough. She's played name. by Pippa Bennett Warner, who has done a bunch of theatre. She was in The Foreigner with Jackie Chan and Johnny English Three, which was why I led with her theatre work. Okay. <laughs> Um, Jim had an issue with she makes reference to she's wearing like a hologram suit so that she can change her clothes. Oh yeah, doesn't that just make her power redundant? Can she just hologram a whole person onto her? But her power is mainly that she like when she exhales on that thing, she has the the DNA of someone else, right? Mm. Yeah. Okay. Yes and no. Well, I mean, like in any other situation, how often does inha- exhaling DNA come up? Only now. Okay. <laughs> I, actually, I take it back. She is st- her LinkedIn profile st- has still has. I have my own hologram suits. Yeah. <laughs> Can wear anything you like. <laughs> <laughs> Let's imagine the alternative. She doesn't have a hologram suit. We are reviewing this episode. How do Clara's clothes fit her? Or how did the clothes that she was wearing now fit her when she shrunk down to be Clara? So maybe her hologram suit is, it's like super flexible, skin tight, whatever. And whichever shape she takes on, it also, it forms itself around that shape so that... Like the fake clothes. She's basically wearing like a spandex onesie or something. A holographic spandex onesie. Yeah. Yeah. Would, could so you, that's why could you it's touch necessary. It? Could you touch it and feel fabric? Could you, or would you touch f- cloth? Is that what you're asking? <laughs> what, no, what, but if it's a, if like, it's a skin tight spandex thing exactly. and then someone's wearing a long flowy cape. Do you just go through it? Yeah. Oh, interesting. I don't know. Because that would also <laughs> be... Like it, you would be outed as a criminal quite quickly. <laughs> She's not just a criminal. Like I don't even know if she is a criminal before the doc. Like she agrees to commit a crime. Yeah, but as she got pre- <laughs> as she got previous, like does she use her powers for evil, or is this just the first time because she desperately wants? This she does thing. seem pretty desperate, and she has yeah. a prison barcode on her neck. No, like she doesn't. Yeah. That's true. Like, he, yeah, other, the highest guy, he, like the um, robot guy, he definitely has previous, but I, yeah. I think she's just been... But does that mean that she's unique? Why was she picked? Is, is there no one else with that capability that is more criminally minded that might enjoy robbing a bank? The whole past influencing the future, influencing the past thing here, or, well, whichever one, given that they're just two completely arbitrarily selected individuals, it's almost impossible. He makes sense, because he had a history as a bank robber yeah but and the me- and the memory wiping thing wait no, no i reckon she is a criminal because in the later on at the end when we see what would normally be act one of a heist movie of like putting together the crew or whatever he's flipping through all the images yeah. of everyone who's going to be on this in this heist and she's one of them why would he have that profile yeah she's just committed low level loneliness motivated crimes such as being too loud in a library Mugshot. (laughs) (laughs) I have a beef with a scene. Oh, here we go. When they are waiting for the dimensional shift bomb to go off, (gasps) 
and it is potentially of awesome power. Leon, what have you got in your notes? No, 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 go for it, go for it. I just wanted to highlight your name in my notes. <laughs> <laughs> <Ta-da>. <laughs> oh, but what does it say? I want to see what no, it no, says. No, you say, you do your thing. Okay. <laughs> And this thing, it's of unknown explosive power. Yeah. They don't know it's just going to eat a bit of the floor into another dimension and then put it back again. They go and stand limply against the wall. Sai is the only one actually bracing himself. The others are just sort of gently leaning with their backs to it. They're taking no greater precautions. They're not trying to think up anything. What's in the room that we can hide behind? Is there any way that we can shield ourselves from the expected blast? But it's th- ridiculous. Isn't the point is that there is nothing in the room. They're just in this tiny metal box and there's absolutely nowhere to hide. And well, they can't leave There's anything. nothing you can do. Then the be more worried that a bomb is about to go off. Yeah, if I, I agree was with Clara, you. I would go and hold the doctor's hand and just be like, this might be the last time, like say a well, little goodbye or something. No, no. Hide behind the doctor. He can regenerate. <laughs> oh, true. You shield the blast. Yes. I'll see the next one because you were too old and I was never going to go out with him. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'll be fine. Yeah. Retro rewrites. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's an odd leap of faith just to assume that, oh, because they've been brought into this room, they will survive it. Mm. Well, they didn't. They said, like, what if this is where. Pl- like oh oh no you're right one yeah. and somebody else will come in and take over once we've opened the route for them yeah that's very true yeah, so but all Capaldi says all Capaldi says is don't be pessimistic yeah so it's an odd leap of trust they're putting in it because at that point he doesn't know that he's the architect does he 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 kind of figures no. it out later on yeah yeah so down in the private vault yeah when did you start to think it might be him pretty early but yeah, then same, i did yeah. see it well yeah ago. yeah true 20th of september say, 2014 yeah. <laughs> this time around i'd remembered that it was him so i was never confused but i think as soon as he, he says something about it must have been a time traveler because the things have been placed here before us and then it's, so that's the first point you go oh i know a time traveler <laughs> yeah. that could possibly break into not many of those around you know? <laughs> well i mean there's the woman in the shop oh yeah do we know that she's a time traveller? Well, if she's the master, and she's called Missy. Yeah, but we don't know that she's a master yet, do we? No. But she but has also called a time machine from possibly not the same time. So if you can call a time machine, then, oh, wait, does this make sense in my head? Maybe it doesn't make sense. Ignore me. Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> I'm only saying she's a possible suspect in people's minds as they watched this for the first time. Mm. Hmm. I think I was already so... I wasn't convinced, but I had already formulated the theory that maybe Carabraxos was Missy, that I didn't even consider that the architect uh, might be really? Missy. Yeah. So I was Unless wrong in a different direction. It ended up sort of being Carabraxos. was like... Oh, actually, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, that's also true. <laughs> like breaking into our own bank. The reason your name was in my notes, Drew... Oh, yes. Uh, ...was that the uh, dimensional shift bomb that then also reconstitutes or, you know, returns the floor slash ceiling, which is such a lovely scene, by the way, the doctor looking up and then the floor reappears. And they stand basically on his face. His face was two seconds ago. They would just have tumbled down onto his head. I wonder why there's a ladder leading down directly from the middle of the room, by the way. (laughs) Oh, what? (laughs) I don't care. I don't care. There's a Die Hard reference in this. I love it. Anyway, it made me think of that other device that I remember you loving, <gasps> namely the square the gun square from the, <laughs> no, yeah. from the library. Gun. Oh, please. <laughs> do, 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 do. Square gun. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, that would have done the job, wouldn't it? <laughs> if the docker just kept it in one of his capacious pockets. Mm. Yeah, or maybe just... Why even give them all these clues? Why not just furnish them with two-dimensional what's-it? Oh, I, wait, no, not even that. 
furnish them with one teleporter that takes them right to the door to the vaults and one single dimension shift bomb. Slash squareness gun. Exactly. Do you think the dimension shift bomb would get through the vault door? Well, why put them through the whole rigmarole? Why not just transport them right there and give them everything they need, even if it's not a squareness gun or whatever it is? Give them a second dimensional shift bomb. Exactly. Or give them the code to the vaults. I don't know if there there isn't just a code. It seems like you don't need a heist, actually, now that I think about it. Like, like, all you need to do is wait for this storm, teleport in, open the vault, teleport out. No, no, because... You can't land when the solar flares are... But they can teleport in and out, so just do that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, so they can. So actually, the, this, this the, whole no, story is unnecessary. No, the, the vault had to be 90% oh, no. open. There's 12 locks. There was 24 only, locks. Oh, 24, 23, 24 22, locks. 22, yes. 21. Do you know what? If that were the greatest final test to get into the vault, I'd just say, fuck it. I can't be asked waiting for this countdown to finish. Too long. You, can, you can keep your treasures. <laughs> I forgot that there's another thing you don't like about, oh. about television in this one. Oh. What were you expecting um, the doctors? Because uh, it, w- it was in the private vault, the thing that he came for. Oh, uh, I. Because at oh. first I thought the TARDIS will be in it. They've stolen the TARDIS and he needs to get it back. And then as soon as the other two said, oh, yeah, there's a, there was a blue box on this ship. It's like, oh, well, it's not that he hasn't come for the TARDIS. And what's so important that the doctors wiped his memory for? It's a real life friendly alien from Listen. Yeah. Saying, hey there, Doc. Nice <laughs> to meet you. <laughs> I thought it was going to be Danny Pink. I thought they kidnapped Danny and it was Clara that wanted oh, really? to go back for him. Oh, oh. that's a super... G- I like that idea. And then maybe this could be the episode that sort of introduces him to her real life. Yeah. yeah. In fact, Danny Pink should have come along and in the vault would have been a clone of the little boy he killed. <gasps> and he could have dropped him back in the Middle East oh. and he could have gone back to being a soldier. Oh. Hooray! <laughs> <laughs> Second retro rewrites. Nice one. I still remembered the ending of this episode, so I just figured, well, Mm. they're there to rescue two telepathic cows. I'm glad that it was two (laughs) telepathic cows, because as soon as we got introduced to the teller and it was, it's the last of its kind. What we've done with this. This was what I was talking about when I mentioned Encounter at Far Point a few episodes ago. Oh, yeah. I don't remember how that ends. Encounter at Far Point ends with basically this enormous alien force just trying to contact its mate which is buried under Farpoint station ah okay and it's yeah it's incredibly cheesy as is this but it, it did that 30 years ago and this decided to do it again so I'll forgive that one and not this oh do you guys also feel that whatever the alien is called the teller I constantly want to put the teller on one of those laughing cow cheese packets <laughs> like <laughs> I feel like it's the perfect kind of like oh <laughs> that's why he's wearing orange by the way so that if he dies, they can get the other one out from the cupboard and be like, still the same one. Yeah, still uh, the same, same if they're naked. No one's going to yeah. no care. Also, they can just have a spare outfit in the wardrobe. They don't need to be like ready prepped wearing it at all times. Yeah, also they're not the same naked because one of them is Mrs. Teller. Yeah. And this they're is why whenever there's an alien, I call it Mrs. Alien from <laughs> a few episodes ago when I couldn't get over the heteronormativity of it. It's because of this episode. But wait, do we know that one is male and one is female? Oh, I suppose they could both be Mrs. Tellers. Regardless, I don't think any suits walking through the vestibule of this crazy mafia bank 
ever looked between the legs of this telepathic cow. Because they they put it safely in a uniform. Well, they're not going to... If they didn't, that's the first place you'd look. If they didn't, no one would go, "Mm, pretty sure your telepathic cow used to have a massive dong before. (laughs) Like, that is clearly another member of its species. Also, what's wrong... Another member. Hey! (laughs) What's wrong with having two telepathic cows? Like, why do they have to hide? Fighting crime. It's what they're doing. No, that's a fair point. Why do they even have to... I mean, do they ever say publicly that this is the last of its kind? Wouldn't yeah. more people be outraged? They if do. They, they really? S- yeah, they say it to the doctor. To the doctor, oh, yeah, it- but to anyone else? Does it matter? I don't know. Is it, is, if, it, if we go back to the Doberman thing, is it a more effective deterrent if you say this is the last Doberman <laughs> existence? No, because then you're like, oh, I'll just kill that one Doberman and yeah, then there's no, no more, more threat. Like, yeah. Exactly. Because I think it just seems really mean and really sad then that this is the last of its kind and you've got it chained up doing this. Exactly. It is. It really is. Like, you hit the really nail awful. on the head. <laughs> That's it. it is. It is very awful. It is. Yeah. Strangely, Amaral, I know that Moffat has no sympathies with capitalism and banks and so on. That scene is enduringly weird in the vestibule where all the presumably incredibly rich people are just walking by, seeing people get shot and being like, well, he had it coming. And they just go on their way. Mm. Yeah, no, I agree. It implicates every onlooker in that vestibule. But in this, I mean, I'm assuming far-flung future in some distant galaxy, wherever this is, it seems like it's so obvious that you will not get away with Mm. trying to cheat this bank that if you get caught by the telepath cow in the vestibule of this bank, mm. you qualify for that time period's equivalent of a Darwin Award. Because, like, wh- who who goes up and exhales DNA that they know is not the right DNA on one of those sensors and then gets in? Like, you're an idiot if you do that. Just like you're an idiot if you just try to walk out of the bank with stolen goods And or I something. think there's the, like, you're not one of us. So we, we've all got our millions. We deserve to be here. We've worked our way up. We've earned our place here. You're trying to fraud the system. Yeah. Therefore, it's like, it's how people feel about, like, benefit frauds and stuff. They don't, nobody sees that there's real people there and you don't know anyone's circumstances. It's just like, well, you don't deserve it. Therefore, whatever the fuck happens to you, I don't care. And yeah, it's a really, it's a really horrible ending. But I can imagine people being like, well, you knew the risks when you did it true hypocritical from people who won't even bother to check the solar weather forecast exactly and who are going to get blasted by solar radiation within minutes i'm assuming those solar flare thingies aren't sudden like they don't sneak up on you yeah (laughs) they they should be traveling for hours across space i have a memory perhaps you can put a screenshot on the website of the sun and the planet being basically adjacent (laughs) (laughs) and just plumes coming out from one to the other maybe the plumes came from off screen actually millions of miles to the right but but still it is a bit of an oversight yeah okay fine let's say it takes hours even though i feel like it would take years or something but like let's say it takes hours you would probably be able to measure the build-up in that sun of like let's say maybe give or take 500 million years in advance <laughs> like <laughs> I, I think that's a little over well, i mean it. we can now say like i don't ask me what it is but we can already now say roughly what the lifespan of our sun is gonna be so yeah but this i don't think this is oh, the this sun a, going supernova okay no okay that's true sorry sorry you're right you're right but surely they in this far-flung future have the ability to go mm, think roughly this time 247 years from now there's going to be a solar flare yeah they would have the most sensitive predictive instruments because of their untold vast wealth yeah and their interest in keeping that untold vast wealth yeah 
It, this is a really precarious place to put a vault. <laughs> yeah. Mm. yeah, put it in the galactic equivalent of Svalbard. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Where the seed vault is. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh-huh. Okay, cool. <laughs> is it time to play Corridors or Corridors? Yes, it is. I'm glad you asked. (laughs) This one goes out to the architects. Fingers on buzzers, people. One, when you're building a corridor and you don't want someone to enter or exit under any circumstances, (laughs) do you A, just build a regular wall? (laughs) B, booby trap the vulnerable zone? Or C, put an accessible hatch in with the words, no entry under any circumstances (laughs) written above it? Oh. I think it's C. Oh, Marie! <laughs> You've been infiltrated by a heist crew! <laughs> Minus they, one point. But they were under any circumstances! That should deter most criminals. Yeah. yeah. Any circumstances. Yeah. That leaves no legal loopholes, criminals. Yeah. <laughs> People have to walk past that wall every day to get cups of tea and you know, go for lunch breaks or just stretch their legs, you know? It, you don't want to booby trap walls for no reason. No. No, that is true. Yeah. Yeah, and how boring if it's just a regular wall. Yeah. Stencil text. That's where it's at. Okay. Is there a round two? There is a round two. Oh, this is going to be the best. I can feel it. (laughs) When you want to ventilate your building full of corridors to create the necessary positive or negative pressure for optimal air circulation, do Uh you A, use aerofoil technology, B, add a big old-fashioned spinning fan, (laughs) or C, use the latest in human-sized square hatches for ease of burglar access? (laughs) (laughs) Leon! I feel like a human-sized square hatch would do the job. I don't think you guys understand this game. (laughs) (laughs) Minus a point. We've just seen how that leads to... Hey, Marie, we're tied for the lead. Wait, (laughs) Marie, Marie, okay. I think it's one of those big old-fashioned ceiling fans. No, because the Doctor will freeze time and just step right through it. That's true. Oh, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Yep, so minus a point. Marie is on minus two. Leon's on minus one. You're doing (gasps) great. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Round three for all the marbles. I love marbles. (laughs) You've been tasked with adding a service level to the most impregnable bank in the universe. Let's say, hypothetically, the burglars have managed to make it past your strongly worded commands and through your conveniently body accessible air portals. What is your last line of defence? Is it A, an endless series of identical mind-spinning tunnels like the God Complex, B, a telepathic minotaur, or C, about six different colours so that intruders can conveniently trace their movements? I mean, this is such an easy question. I don't even know if I feel inclined to answer it. All right, only because no one else is answering it. I feel like coloured light bulbs is the way to go because one in, let's say... 11 bank robbers are probably going to be colorblind, statistically speaking. It'll yeah. fool them. It'll really confuse them. Yeah, they'll constantly go down the red corridor thinking it's the green corridor exactly. leading to yeah. the vault. They're like, this is the grey corridor we, we saw in that. <laughs> ma- yeah, I'm oh, sorry, all colorblind people listening to us. Oh, oh yeah, actually, that's a good point. I'm going to dock a point now. <laughs> well, I've been oh, we're tied for the lead sensibly again. Educated. <laughs> you know what? Let's call it just a pathetic draw. Oh. 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 But you've been cleaned out. All your vaults completely empty. (laughs) 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 You anti-capitalist dog. (laughs) (laughs) That corridor, holy moly, did they really squeeze every penny out of that corridor. (laughs) 
I love how there's always a convenient space to hide in the corridor. There's always these little walls that jut out that are just person shaped. Yeah, or they just. Yeah, you're right, actually. Yeah, I was going to say, or they vote hide, but they don't even have to vote hide. All those handy alcoves. I wonder what would have happened if a uh, zebra had touched the. <laughs> nice one. <laughs> don't worry about it. All, all the silences are trimmed out of this most, episode. Yeah. <laughs> had touched the um, teller would he have gone oh my gosh you're my um... you're my soulmate and then they would have started boning right there <laughs> <laughs> quick let's escape yeah. to this distant planet and then she would have finally found the love of her life um, oh yeah. yeah yeah they finally let you out of the cupboard wait you've changed <laughs> <laughs> like looking in a mirror <laughs> Really, I cannot shake the image of those two just making cheese and smiling all day long now on that planet. Cheese? Yeah, laughing cows. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think the cows make the cheese. These two do. Okay. It's like boop, 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 I don't know why it's circus music. <laughs> so are they milking themselves or they each other? each other. Probably. Well, they've uh, been milking themselves for a long time. They probably look forward to mil- milking each other at this yep. point. Do they? <laughs> Was the idea that they have an entire planet to themselves because they don't want to hear any other telepathic thought? Guess so. And is that so? Is that why there's Freaking only two boring. of them left in the entire? Why don't we universe? just take them to a nice planet? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they they didn't seem intelligent enough to build spaceships to get out of there. And what happens when inevitably someone shows up and goes, "Oh, this is a nice planet. It's uninhabited, mm. right? Why don't we just build a campsite? Uh, who wants burgers? Go and oh. get those cows." <laughs> oh. oh. But the cows have a defense mechanism. Oh, they would true. know and th- yeah, and that you were going to kill them and eat them, and they, you would, they would sense your guilt. This would, would start all over guilt. again. Yeah. <laughs> Why they would make such a big point of um, it being the last one of its kind. Um, like, How long do they live for? That seems like a really poor security system. It's like, eventually this one's going to die, and there's no one else to replace it. Are they going to procreate? Well, now that they're together, they might. If so, so then what? So then we have another generation. Are they just going to start inbreeding, or are they ooh, spilling vodka everywhere? Or are they going to just have well, the loneliest have kid? Oh, yeah. <laughs> one single cow yeah. on a planet, and then he'll, and then it'll be the last of his. Kind. Waiting for the sweet release of <laughs> campers' barbecues. But then. <laughs> Imagine you do have a kid, and then he starts going through puberty. Oh, a kid. And, oh. <laughs> Wrong species, but no, carry yeah, on. Well done. Oh yeah, sorry. And then, and then your mum and dad oh. can telepathically understand everything you're thinking. Oh no, that kid. That kid is going to want off planet as soon as. Absolutely. I would have said that the teller could have a vastly extended lifespan because he's in forced hibernation most of the time. Oh. But Mrs. Teller down in the private vault yeah, cupboard. Yeah, she wasn't. She was not. No. So. Well, that is yeah. another oversight. That is an oversight. He's going to come down and she's basically going to be like his granny. Oh. i got a question. Go for it. How does the solar disruption break through the last lock? I know it's a diehard reference and so should, shouldn't be questioned. It is infallible. <laughs> but. <laughs> Correct. Actually. So. How? Their lock was flipping between on and off. Because on the, it, they all turned green apart from the last one and then it was like red for a bit, then green for a bit, and it, and it was alternating. Yeah. <laughs> but may, so maybe when the solar hit, it hit at the right time when it was in green mode and it just, and the system all crashed, but it crashed while it was... Uh, it just shorted the circuits. Yeah. Maybe. Okay. I thought it literally just turned off the power. But then if it, if turning off the power was enough like to... freaking Hans Gruber. Well, well, like the FBI. But yeah, if if turning off the power is enough to open the vault, then that's not a very good security system. No, that's true. But the yeah, power would the only... the emergency backup? It would only turn off that one lock. 
and then there would still be 23 left that you need to be a super hacker to get through. I realize this is a... I see that this is not great. <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't mean to... Uh, I realize it's churlish to ask such questions when they just said the words, time travel heist. But still, I don't think we should turn off our minds like some lock. <laughs> just because the music is swelling. I did like the music though. I liked um right at the beginning when they go into that into the bank and they're like walking in slow mo and the music's like oh. that was pretty cool. Uh. <laughs> So one of my early notes is the editing is, and this is meant as a positive, the editing is a little Ocean's Eleven meets yeah. Thomas Crown Affair. You even have those quick cuts. You have the split screen, I think, at one point. And then I add, though the slow motion feels like it's playing for time. Oh. Because that slow motion scene was very long. Yeah, it like, was. It was really long. And it didn't wasn't in aid of anything. No. So, um, just just showing how freaking cool they are. Yeah. yeah. The sure. reservoir dogging that place. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, all these little references, even the slow motion, it, it, that's all, I guess, tying back to, or sort of paying homage to this genre. Yeah. I'm sure you get some slow motion somewhere in Ocean's Eleven or... Oh, or definitely. Yeah. Just ogling the crew. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's it. How, how else are you going to see all 11 of them on one screen? You need to take your time over yeah. it. Or 12 or 13. What? <laughs> <laughs> And the other thing... Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I found a note about the solar storm. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Well, my note about the solar storm is they're in Miss Delfox's office and the solar storm hits. And there's like lightnings going off in her office. It's flashing. I mean, the lights would do that. The lights are either blowing and staying out mm. or they're not being affected at all. But there are lightning flashes. So like power surges or something. I didn't even notice that, to be honest with you. But is that what you mean? Like, do the lights suddenly shine more brightly? Well, there's just a flash from the ceiling area so either there's a skylight which doesn't seem particularly <laughs> secure mm. or that's what's happening i think it's just a, a cheap way of putting the storm across but they shouldn't have done it doesn't make any sense no i agree also can we put a pin in that scene because i do want to complain about that scene just very briefly but uh, m- my solar storm reference is a bit of trivia that i also found online i didn't remember this myself but the fact that the tardis can't travel during a solar storm was established already in the rebel flesh Ooh. Oh, no. hmm. very nice back to the pin she goes hey you guys you're ready for your close-up nice phrase by the way i like that we're going to turn your heads concave and now you're going to be on display for everyone as as a deterrent from future crime. I'm going to go, you guys, shoot them. Yeah, she does. They don't take them to the teller. No. She just orders the two gods to kill them. Mm. Yeah. And then when they are revealed as Sai and Sabre, Sai is talking some crap about, yeah, and then we came back and we played the teller at its own game. And I'm like, what does that even mean? How how are you not how they have you not been detected? And what happened to the, the teller's mind? That's how. What happened to the real what? gods? Yeah, I don't know. Did they like? Uh, yeah. They must have met them because she must have touched one of the gods to impersonate. Yeah, and he must have stolen his suit. Exactly. Mm. Are there two dead naked gods? <laughs> <laughs> well, one of them is naked. Just, She's wearing a hologram just, thing. Just um, concussed, maybe. Oh, no, no, they no, just threw yeah. them out into the vestibule where nobody cares. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just people just stepping Pile over bodies, them. Bodies. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh-huh. Like, uh, mm. They deserved it. Yeah, I did not see it coming though. I no. was super duper happy when that happened. Yeah, me too. Oh my goodness, yeah. they're alive! Yeah. Yay! Yeah, because um, because again, this time around, I'd remembered that 
like they're not gonna die when they do the shredder things and uh-huh. they were gonna come back but I shredder yeah <laughs> but i think the first time around it's pretty um it's pretty convincing and it is pretty dark that they're just like they'd you know but it is it's um would you rather live as with the soup brain for the rest of your days in a cage on display for the rest of these rich people or yeah. would you rather go out with a bit of dignity it's quite a an interesting one <laughs> it is it's very interesting and very dark very and actually dark, yeah you have to think back and realize a lot of this episode is really it dark it's really dark yeah but it's flashy and swishy yeah i know but the, the other episodes haven't been flashy and swishy and so you're like oh, oh this is a break but really not it's that not much really. of one no yeah. so he's given already sabra the shredder See, no one can remember why can't i remember Sabre and Sai, come it's on, really guys. Ha- Sabre's used the shredder already. Sai uh-huh. immediately goes, okay, I want one of those as well, just in case. I sort of expected him to then give one to Clara or for Clara to ask for one as well. But she doesn't. They, and they go off. Well, Do- I think Doctor has the rest of them, so he could potentially use it, but we know he won't. But Clara just completely trusts him and trusts we're going to get out of this situation. I don't need this backup. I don't need this last resort. Um, I'm going to be okay. <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't mean to derail you, but like <laughs> no, no, sorry. Might well, yeah. What were your thoughts on that? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I, I'm 100% on board with what you just said. The reason I'm sighing is because I feel like this was not necessary within the universe. Like they, they didn't need to do that. The Doctor has, as the architect, deliberately masked these teleportation devices to look like something that he, without his memory, will quote recognize as suicide devices. Because yeah. he why? even goes like, "Oh, yeah, no. You, you claim not to know what they were, but you do." It's like, "Yes, I do." They're painless and instant and whatever. Yeah. So he has made them look like suicide yeah, devices. Yeah, that's true. But if he just made them look like teleporters, yeah. he'd just go like, all right, well, I'm going to figure out what this is. Click, click. Oh, I'm now on this spaceship in geostationary orbit. Oh, fantastic. Wait, hang on. Oh, click, click. Oh, I'm I get again. it. Yeah, now yeah. I'm outside the vault and oh, click, click. Now I'm inside the vault. Oh, click, click. Now I've sold it. Yeah. Fuck you, Sai. You can stay in there. That's true. Because <laughs> um, Sai, like... And what's your face? Sai, like, grabs it like it's a grenade. Like, he pull, he rips something out of it and then, like, stabs it into his arm. Is that what he does? It's, oh, my it goodness. It feels, like, really... Yeah. Visceral. Yeah. There's definitely a ring. You're right. Yeah. He pulls a ring. Yeah. They, that's it. Hey, yeah. The, desi- the architect, aka the doctor... Has designed it to look like it's a suicide mission. Like what? Like that's re- that's don't really need it. dark. Why has he done that? Well, I suppose so that the the crew are all in. I mean, doesn't that focus your mind? Yeah, but like it, the thing is, I feel like you don't need a crew. Like oh, <laughs> all you yeah. need is a teleporter and the knowledge that there will be a solar flare. And what if what if at some point one of these either either of them, Sai or Sabra. Yeah. Um, I'm getting quicker at finding it on my page. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Try circling it. <laughs> what if one of them at the last second can't do it? Like it's a big thing to pull the suicide capsule. Like yeah. what if she at it's the last riskier. second this is doesn't do it in time yeah. and gets her brain turned to soup? Yeah. Like he hasn't got a backup for that. He doesn't know how to save her from the soup monster. Maybe he can take the digital device that was intended for size brain implant and like just kind of <laughs> use Restore. it like yeah use it like you know a builder's paste to kind of fill out the concave skull maybe to make she, it nice and round maybe again. she can touch someone <laughs> with a full brain and then she'll like
like grow her spackle that's the word i'm looking for sorry 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 (laughs) yeah she could definitely do that Mm. it'd be involuntary yeah exactly i don't know yeah Yeah. the more i think about that it doesn't really sit very well it's like he is he is playing with them a little bit he's enjoying it from his future position as the architect crapola i'm gonna have to deduct a couple of (gasps) decimal points for this Mm. but i did like one of the things that the memory wipes made possible, which was when the doctor dissected the motivations for Sai and said, well, your past selves would have yeah. given anything. They would have taken all these risks, these ridiculous suicidal missions for something. Yeah. What is it? Yeah. And they're on board. And I found that really convincing. I really, I really that. enjoyed Capaldi in that scene. Yeah. I do Agreed. find it a shame that Clara doesn't get involved. We don't know what, why Clara's there. She is a bit of a bystander she for just, certain parts of this episode. It's basically, well, the doctor thinks it's okay, so I'm here with him. She doesn't. Well, she, she wins nothing here. No. Yeah. There's no. Yeah, you're. Oh my goodness, you're so right. <laughs> Poor Clara. Yeah. <laughs> In fact, does she do anything that's essential to the mission succeeding? Is the doctor just trying to outdo whatever Danny Pink's got planned at seven fifteen? I think there is no reward for. He's her. trying to show her a good time and and prove that he's ace. Oh, that is it, isn't it? Yeah. And she's just a bystander. Yeah. This is just an exercise in selfishness by the doctor. Yeah. It's so good. I love it. And this is why <laughs> this is why the little suicide pills is because um you need to ramp up the danger. It can't just be as easy as press a button, oh I've teleported in. It's all to impress Clara. Yeah, I but guess so, yeah. But Excitement. it's gonna backfire on him because she's gonna go to Danny and he's gonna say, What did you do today? Or today <laughs> you did. What did? <laughs> <laughs> That's really well written. Great. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> and she's going to say, well, I mean, there was an IED that exploded and I had to hunker down. He'd be like, I did that. Oh, my goodness. And they bond over their war stories. Mm. Stupid doctor. <laughs> <laughs> I saw innocent people killed. I saw that all the time. <laughs> Do they go off on adventures together? Does he travel with them a lot? Who, Danny Pink? Yeah. He, do, he will do eventually. Doesn't he go to the moon? I, I was going to say, that's, I think, the only one I remember him travelling in. Because the next episode is where he gets involved because the Doctor goes to the, to school. the school. He's a, he's a Coal Hill. Yeah. And then I think after that, Danny's, like, involved. Yeah. And Courtney. Don't forget Courtney. Oh, how could I forget Courtney? Oh. <laughs> Bloody Courtney. Oh, dear. She's not the kid who ran in on them, is she? No. No, no, they hired a third kid. Oh, excellent. He <laughs> <laughs> doesn't even get a name. No. Nope. In fact, he doesn't even get to appear in focus. Oh. <laughs> it could have been the, the short stuntman from last week for a wiener. <laughs> it's actually not even a kid. It's just that silent companion who's <laughs> gone in to listen to them make out. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I did find myself wishing that Clara's advanced computer hacking skills... Mm could have been used these yeah. things that i regret her just forgetting that's the thing yeah why did they need a hack- computer hacker why couldn't they have just used didn't need one clara teleport well <laughs> oh yeah also sorry yeah. yes well they, they didn't need one they certainly didn't need two <laughs> yeah <laughs> but they've just undone that fact yeah yeah they have they've completely long ago it, yeah but it would be useful thing. every single week. Yeah. Yep. They must have they must have thought to themselves, that was the stupidest thing we've ever done. No one will notice. Yeah. yeah. It would almost be as though we gave Clara some sort of let's say screwdriver shaped device that could solve any problem. <laughs> 
Love that, by the way. No screwdrivering in this. Well, yeah, I was going to say, I'm glad because he tried to sonic the last lock and he couldn't do it. Oh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It was nice to see it fail for once. Oh, that's And that's true. the only time it makes an appearance, I think. Yeah. They should have had another follow that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm going to mark it up a bit for that. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, I, really, I really thought, oh, there's one left. Doc's going to come and sonic it and it'll pop open. Uh, so it was, yeah, nice that they thought. Or the power cool. of love will save them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Mr. We can't get through this appear. thing, but yeah. friendship, <laughs> then, yeah, doors open. Well, is that not what happened? <laughs> the, yeah, the, Wait, the, you're so right. What am I saying? The, um, the teller, he read the doctor's mind. Bloody he saw that his woman or man or whatever the other teller is in like in the cage was that was available to him. Yeah, that's no, you're right. And yeah, yeah, love did save the day in the end. Also, <laughs> in connection with that, this is the second time in four episodes. This is already Capaldi's second go at having someone connect to his memories and saying read my mind take it all oh yes because of into the dalek oh i was gonna say a different one. Oh, oh which one uh the rings of a carton that was smith but yeah oh yeah yeah sorry but also the doctor mm. very similar mm. so that's three times in under a series yeah <laughs> <laughs> guys come on mm. i thought when the teller was like zoning in on clara and he kept saying like empty your mind and how difficult is it? Like, I was trying at the time. I was like, okay, I'm going to think of nothing. And then when you tried to think of nothing, and I don't know, and it's how, like, how? How do you do that? I'm obviously not meditating enough, but um, <laughs> I feel like that's a really tough thing to do. Pretty impossible. Well, it, it comes down to define nothing. I mean, yeah. think of a blank page, and then you think of a tangible thing. But that's not nothing. No, but it's a blank page, but a blank page is not something that's of interest to the teller. I was trying to think of, a like, a black screen, like the end of a film or something when, <laughs> I don't know. just like turn my brain into a screen and just make it black click click, click. yeah yeah but you gotta think of something you can't like turn off your brain because otherwise it won't turn itself back on again <laughs> at the end of it but in the act of doing that the desperation of wanting to get it right means you're monitoring how yeah. black is this screen exactly. how white is this page exactly yeah. you can't not think about yeah and, at a certain and, point, and you have to monitor it because at a certain point you need to stop thinking about nothing like thinking yeah. about nothing literally means turning off because it wasn't it wasn't don't think of things that you're guilty about it was don't think about anything because as soon as he's locked on he won't then did you also feel that the doctor should just shut up and that scene he just kept going he's like oh don't think about anything don't think like don't think about people don't think about sounds and noises turn well, about turn off everything yeah. yeah nobody say a word here is an example of some words <laughs> oh fuck albino <laughs> don't say them I can't do the accent don't I, I still can't I don't know why I should read that sentence. I can't either <laughs> just join in dude it's fine <laughs> Oh, Doctor, I love the sound of his own voice. I love, um, I do love that there's a scene where he's telling everyone to shut up and no one's speaking. And I'm pretty sure he does that all the time. And I love it. Every time he's like, shut up, shut up, stop talking. Shut it up, up, up. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) That is one of many lines I've written down. It was a great, great scene. But then he, um, he, which one is it? It's Sabra. Hey! Well done. He goes, D, shut up, because he wants her to talk. Oh, that yeah, was really nice. nice. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Should have talk, told her to open down. <laughs> 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 okay, another few lines that I made a note of. Still don't understand why you're in charge. Basically, it's the eyebrows. Yeah. I like. I was hoping for minimal minimalism. Yes. I think I ended up with magician. Yeah. <laughs> Big scarf, bow tie, bit embarrassing. Yeah. <laughs> 
open up and you'll be humanely disposed of. We do not wish to hurt you before incineration. Oh, just annoyed me a bit, to be honest. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Mm. I've heard a lot of Moffat lines much like that one. Mm. Yeah, that's it, probably a good point. Yeah, and it's not his strongest. I liked, um, he said, why do, you, why do you work here? And she said, my face fits. Oh, yeah. Oh. That was a nice little, like, ooh, like, intriguing. And then mm. we did, and then it came back around. Mm. Yeah. What a boring job, by the way, for Carabraxos. Well... Like sitting inside a vault, doing nothing but being inside a vault. And just enjoying all your earthly goods. Yeah. Isn't that just a comment on you take that lifestyle to its logical extreme and it's the utmost banality? Did she actually just live down there? I think so. Because I know that they were talking about this, um, I don't know what it was, like the air or the water, or there, there was a supply to keep people alive down there yeah and then he said made this comment about people like that you know rich people like to be with their stuff but then we found out that the other teller actually did live down there in the cage and i sort of yeah. thought oh maybe it's more it's a, a place to keep that alive and maybe carabroxos just dips in and out whenever she wants to different question why not just put the other teller in a different branch and use, yeah, use them both. Yeah. yeah, use them both. Because if there's no contact between the teller and the telepath cow in the in the basement... Yeah. Mrs. Teller. Mrs. Teller. Mrs. Teller. <laughs> Pen. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Because presumably the only reason that, that he's obeying orders is, oh, we've got your partner locked up. Yeah, we but you can, could, you know, home. You could do that even... But, but that's what I mean. Both of them working. Yeah, they could, e- they could I mean, say I, that to each of them and they could be in different places. They don't yeah. have to, oh, be on the to clarify, oh, yeah. who yeah. back when does not support slavery? <laughs> <laughs> but if you're gonna do it, do it right. <laughs> yeah, these cows should be laughing. <laughs> you should be laughing, damn it! They do laugh at the end. Oh, oh. such a che- cheesy ending. Oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't even make that connection myself. <sighs> yeah. Oh dear. Shall we rate this? Let's. And now it is time to rate this. Did we laugh or hate this? Bing bong, bing bong, hey, la 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 la. Ratings. Bada bing, we have arrived at the ratings part of this episode. And as I was the last to touch the tip of my nose, I am the first to start with my rating. Oh, wowee. I thought that this was a clever pastiche of the heist genre in terms of editing and transitions and music and plot cues and everything. And and I I, I loved the cast. I loved the crew. It's in the heist crew and everything. It has the glorious nod to Die Hard, which I'd forgotten that. And this episode is so full of little nods to popular culture. I, I absolutely love it. It is at times hilarious. It is often dramatic. It has plenty of twists. Even many, many twists that we have clarified over the past couple of hours make no sense or are entirely redundant to the solution of the the, you know, the, the resolution of the problem that they face in the beginning. It is well acted by all, but I'll give an extra special ovation to Capaldi, whose doctor I can happily see at the table in a reworked version of that painting of poker playing dogs, except instead of dogs, we'd have Danny Ocean, Thomas Crown, and Hans freaking Gruber. Clara, too, is wonderful in this one, but perhaps even more smashing are the two of them together. They have incredible chemistry and just keeps getting better and better. I love it. I I love seeing them together. And when they part ways at the end and he's just like, yes, boss. And there's the smile. The thing that I said at the beginning where like she prefers to go on a date than on an adventure in the TARDIS, I think it's because she knows they like each other so much that this is not the last time that they'll mm. see each other. Like People stay in the TARDIS traditionally on the show because like, anything else is going to be inferior. But to her, it's just like, yeah, this is my friend and I'll be back here. And I, I, I love it. Th- those two are great. 
this would be also, I think, a brilliant episode to introduce as a first episode of Doctor Who to someone who has never seen the show before. Because it kind of showcases the Doctor companion dynamic a little bit. She's maybe a little underused in this one, but still. It showcases the Doctor, certainly. It has lots of alien stuff and whatever. And there's no tie-in to greater arcs. Also make sure they haven't seen Johnny Mnemonic before and have seen Die Hard. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I remembered the cheesy ending and I will deduct maybe a couple of decimal points for that cheesy ending. And actually, over the course of this review, over our, the course of our conversation, I have also gradually in my head deducted additional decimal points. But I am ending at a very confident 4.2. <gasps> wow! Very eminently rewatchable episode. Mm. I will not let another six years pass before I see this again. <laughs> How mm-hmm. dare I? Oh. <laughs> Great review, Leon. Oh, thank you. Uh, yeah. Um, I enjoyed your um, use of smashing. <laughs> oh, thanks. I'm trying to be more English. <laughs> I know. I was like, oh, that's such a, such a British phrase there. <laughs> You've got me all hyped up again. So when I watched this episode, I just super, super loved it. I ha- you can tell because I haven't written many notes. And when I enjoy an episode, I'm just watching an episode and I'm not too focused on writing things down and then i feel like as we've discussed it we've pulled holes in things we've debated whether there needed to be a heist in the first place all these things and i think yeah coming to the realization that the doctor has manipulated everything and it's all to his own end and he didn't you know he didn't need to put everybody in this danger and it's um it's just him showing off to clara i was gonna take points away from that and then i thought no why like that's who he is that's what he's doing why is that a negative thing like it's just it's interesting it was such a slick episode. They were so cool. Like all the music and the slow-mo walking and the just the characters in the heist. They all had these, they were really cool aliens that all had something really unusual about them that we've not necessarily seen before. The teller was a really cool monster as well. I am a tiny bit sick of the, um, oh, look at this horrible, scary monster dude. Oh, really, it's just a lost soul that actually just wants to find its mate again. Like, we've seen that so many times. Hyde, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. As well? Yeah. Oh, my goodness, yes. And there were two of them. Yeah, exactly. And they were together at the end. Exactly. Like, we've done this before, so you do lose marks for that. But not to take away from that, the teller was so cool. It looked incredible. It was terrifying. The thing that it does to the man, it smashes its skull in with its brain. Like, it's just the phrase brain soup, I think I will never forget. Like, that just, (laughs) it's so visceral. It just sticks with you. I do not ever want my brain to become soup. But that's what happens to us all in the end. And, you know. Maybe you. (laughs) I'm going to live forever. (laughs) So, yeah, so there's good points and bad points. But overall, I think it's such an enjoyable episode, such a watchable episode. Capaldi was absolutely on fire. You know I always love Clara. And again, she was maybe slightly underused in this episode, but she just, she's just so solid. Like, every scene that she's in, she's so watchable. Overall, it is a so solid crew. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I loved the um, the scene, actually, when Sabra... Sabra. In my head, I just want to say Sabretooth. I, I don't think Brabra's <laughs> even a name. <laughs> Brabra. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just go with Brabra. 
<laughs> when uh, when Zebra was showing her power for the first time and she just touches, she just holds her hand out and Clara takes it and you don't know what's going to happen. They're slightly like on edge. It's like, oh my God, what uh, what are we going to find out? And then she turns into Clara and the look that she turns around and gives the doctor. That's so, that's such a beautiful scene. Um, Really well done. I don't know. I the, just, the, the, the look that Jenna Coleman yeah, gives the doctor. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like it's, yeah, it's a really, really nice scene. Yeah. So the really, really, loads of good points. A few negatives, but ah, I don't care. I love it. <laughs> I'm going to one up you. I'm going to give it a 4.3. Oh, nice. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> I'm not. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> this episode is brilliantly conceived and for the most part, extremely well executed. It is a rollicking good 45 minutes of telly. It's wonderful telly and it's Doctor Who doing the high genre really well. It's not coming close and failing. It is authentically cool and fun and it's paced so well. I had to watch it twice to pick these holes in it because it is so swish and slick and fast that it constantly keeps you hooked by being paced just a bit too quickly Mm. to keep up with. Throughout, there's that slow motion scene where you catch your breath and then it's off again and it does all that really well but i think it's better than i remember because while the first flush of exhilaration lasts you feel this way but over a few years i think again it will fade down this episode to a merely decent afterglow at its core it is quite derivative so when you forget about the flashy tech and the atomic shredders and the bank defenses all dissolve all that's left is a timey-wimey bank robbery and i don't think i remember more than that mm-hmm. <laughs> the bank itself is some nice exterior shots, a huge empty lobby, a fancy drop box, and then 20 minutes of Newport Power Station interiors and corridors. Keely Hawes is okay as Carabraxos, underwhelming as Del Fox. I just want to see Missy seeing her for every second she's on screen. The other extras I liked very much. Clara is fine. I don't think it's her strongest week. When she's with Capaldi, that's great. The chemistry is good, but it's limited. She doesn't get to do very much. But Capaldi is hitting his stride very well. He has no time for your nonsense. Take it home with you. I'm going to give this, because of all the plot holes we've brought out over the last hour and a half, a 3.2. Oh, Ooh. way lower than I thought, Drew. I started with a 3.8. Ooh. I was guessing 3.8. Oh. Mm. Too no, I was gonna give it a three point eight until Leon's review, and then you got hyped up, and I just and you brought me with you. <laughs> uh, I had written four point five before you guys arrived. <laughs> <laughs> do you think that on this weird laughing cow planet? Do you think that in addition to the telepath cows, telepath telepath cows, were you also telepath <laughs> telepath cows? <laughs> oh, where, where do you summer? Oh no, yeah, Lavoshkiri. <laughs> 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 do you think do you think the doctor basically just Noah's Ark this planet so that it, when the two telepath cows are you know they're just strolling down the they're milking each other on a field somewhere then these two skull and bone people from Hyde, Hyde show up and you're like oh did that weird old man <laughs> did, did that weird man <laughs> dump he you here there. as well yeah. <laughs> in his blue ark <laughs> Yes, exactly. His blue space arc? His blue arc in space? <laughs> Are we now living on the arc in space? Yeah, slowly mm. but surely. I mean, it's not implausible. <laughs> I really, really the next want to think that that is what happened. <laughs> <laughs> And they're all, they're all on different continents, maybe. They never get to see so each other. So sad. Yeah. It's just like they're waving to each other across the water. <laughs> yeah. Some are very, These <laughs> continents are very close to each other. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or they just have, like, super good eyesight. <laughs> this 
Snobbinis. Now let's hear from Podcast Land. Max 250, or it would get out of hand. And we have two, wait, we have two and a bit listener minis. A bit? Whoop, whoop, whoop. Whoop. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I'd finish that. <laughs> Starting with Michael Ridgeway. Ridgeway. Hello, Michael. Love you, Michael. Hi, Michael. Michael starts with some likes. First like, a fun, feel-good romp. Next like, the terrifying teller and freaky head-caved victims. And Michael likes top-notch guest stars. I was genuinely upset when I thought, oh, Sabra and Sai had kicked the bucket. Yeah. Me yeah. too. Me too. Yeah. Absolutely. Me too. Hmm. And last like, that twist ending. <gasps> yeah. And Michael, actually, this week has fewer beefs. First, beef. way too many convenient air vents in this ultra-secure <laughs> bank. My local Barclays is more secure. How would you know that, Michael? <laughs> <laughs> oh, and Michael was upset by the stingy budget. Different coloured lighting in what is clearly the same corridor and recycling the rings of a... A Carson. Alarm clock cage for the teller. Come mm. on, BBC. I hadn't thought about that. I had... Oh, really, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fine with it. At least it didn't just rail banging on it for 20 minutes. If the teller had sat on a chair asleep inside of it, or there had just been yeah. a random chair in there with him, then I would have been upset. But it's a, it's a it looked different. I'm, yeah, I'm okay yeah. with it being a see-through cage. Yeah, he does. He does roar in there though it's quite similar oh that's true mm. and there is a sun going hey just oh my goodness oh no <laughs> yeah, there is <laughs> you can only recycle this one prop if you have a sun adjacent yeah. that's how it works uh, anyway michael continues with some trivia trivia uh, <laughs> The seventh doctor wouldn't wait for a solar storm to open the vault. He'd have Ace explode the bastard to kingdom come with Nitro 9. Is that an exploding version of K9? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> Three, two, one, affirmative. <laughs> He just volunteered to play canine in our next audio <laughs> <laughs> Adding it in bold. Mm. <laughs> and Michael gives a belated toast to the late, great Nicholas Parsons. His fate in Seventh Doctor story, Curse of Fenric, is one of only two occasions when Doctor Who has reduced me to inconsolable tears. Aww. The other being a palatic viewing of Fires of Pompeii two decades later. And uh, Michael summarises Hustle in Space with a rating of 4.1 out of 5 crims having their brain slurped out. <laughs> Yuck. Yum. <laughs> <laughs> great great rating michael fantastic rating mm. fantastic mini as always fantastic chap what a chap and so big chocolate pizza right that, that was so big oh yeah we still have some chocolate pizza <laughs> if you want a slice uh it, it, michael i'm sorry i don't mean to constantly comment on your <clears throat> size <laughs> People who are not uh, Michael, please say hello to Michael online. He can be found at bad. Underscore. <laughs> <laughs> Movie. Underscore. Club. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Michael. Next up, we have a mini from, ooh, long time no see, Tracy from America. Hello, Tracy. Hi, Tracy. Hi, Tracy. <laughs> 
Tracy starts. Hey, hey, what's up? How's everyone been? Good? Reasonable? I'm hanging on. Uh, I know I've been away. Yes, you have. But wanted to step back into it for this gem. Time heist. Doc gets a phone call and suddenly everyone is sitting around touching amnesia worms. Gross! <laughs> Do these little guys eat your memories or release some weird neurotransmitters or just poison you a little and make your memories go numb? Tracy likes the fact that this improves on the rewatch. Once you know the secrets, it's that much more fun watching things unfold. She was internally giggling with glee as the doctor goes on about how much he hates the architect, smiling with relief, thinking, no, Clara, that bomb isn't going to kill anyone, and finally making sense of why Rogue's face did that weird morph thing at the beginning. Love the double reveal regarding the six push-pop things. Doctor claims he doesn't know what they are, then later reveals they are suicide shredders. Even later we learn, hello, they were disguised transporters. And finally, is it just me or is Carabraxos just incredibly fun to say? <laughs> right up there with... Raxacoricophalopatorius! I didn't do that right at all. I'm really sorry. <laughs> I it's went Raxa blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Jinx, both of you. <laughs> and uh, Tracy gives us a rating of... Remember that game where you had to fit puzzle pieces into slots shaped for them while a timer ticked? And if you weren't fast enough, the entire board popped up and the pieces flew everywhere? Well, that. But when you win. <laughs> oh, right. I like it. That's a yeah. really that's a good rating. It's a great rating. Solid mm. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Classic TFA. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Thank you so much, Tracy. Oh, uh, Podcast Land, do you happen to not be Tracy? Fred not you can say hello to Tracy on Twitter. She can be found at Yekanyatnov. That's Fountain Tracy. Backwards almost. Sorry, neighbors. Really wonder what my neighbors think we do in here. <laughs> <laughs> just once a week. Incredibly noisy. <laughs> but like the weirdest thing is that they probably like all these little catchphrases. What, what is this? What are they? Oh. <laughs> I imagine that the neighbors on that side, in particular, they're like sitting <laughs> with a glass pressed up against the wall. Going, Honey, they're up to it again. <laughs> Someone is so big. <laughs> Thank you so much, Tracy. And then we have one more-ish mini. Uh, a micro. A micro, indeed. Submitted via Twitter from... Have we ever... Do we know this guy? That's Nick Ulele. Oh, rings Ooh. a bell. Is that like ukulele, <laughs> but with Nick? Yeah, pretty much. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's how I would describe it. <laughs> As Nick Ulele... Hello, Nick. Says uh, 3.3 out of 5. Oh. So we're in two groups. Mm. Not as good as Ocean's Eleven, but markedly better than Ocean's Twelve, he adds. <laughs> also, Matt Damon as the teller was a nice touch. Okay. Rude. Poor Matt. Get so much stick. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> cool. Thanks very much, Nick. Excellent mini. <laughs> yeah. That was so good. Maybe you should just join the podcast. <laughs> On Twitter, at Nick Ulele. Like Ukulele, but with Nick. We already said this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you follow him already. Yeah, Don't worry yeah. about it. That's true. <laughs> right. Well, that brings us to the end of this episode. But there's plenty more Doctor Who where that came from. What have we got coming up next? Well, the next one will be a classic. Oh, yes. The Invasion of Time. <gasps> Set on Gallifrey. It's got Sontarans. Exciting stuff. 
I haven't rewatched it yet, but I remember bits of it. Sontaran's mm. on Gallifrey. That's pretty high stakes. Pretty exciting stuff. <laughs> Sounds intense. I mean, yeah. they shouldn't be there. No other races should. <laughs> <laughs> Kill them on sight. <laughs> After that, we are. Uh, then we we have a new who, the caretaker. Mm-hmm. I remember that one being funny. I think this will be a funny. I remember a, to me, absolutely epic piece of trivia, which maybe no one else will appreciate. Remind me of that in two weeks' time. (laughs) Isn't that what podcasts are for? (laughs) The only thing I remember from it is that I think Danny Pink does like a double backflip or something. Oh, what? Whoa. Sure, it's this episode. I don't know. Oh, wow. Okay. She's sure, but she doesn't know. Tune in next time, (laughs) podcast man, to find out which is correct. (laughs) And at some point, maybe we'll do an audio who review as well. Definitely. Mm Mm-mm. And next in line is The Book of Kells. I'm looking forward to listening to that. Yes. But yeah, anyway, all of that is in the future. Live in the now (laughs) by following us online. Drew, you have some sort of uh, interweb presence, do you not? Yes. I am at Drew (laughs) McWen. Excellent branding. (laughs) And don't you forget it. (laughs) Marie, have you decided to uh, return to your Instagramming ways? No. No? Cool. (laughs) (laughs) That's your choice. (laughs) And I can be found at Ponkin because rebranding is a slow process. (laughs) Oh, no. You made me spit up my sonic screwdriver. Oh. (laughs) Sorry. You have been a lovely audience, Podcast Land. Thank you so much. Until the next time, please be rad and excellent to each other. Rock on and cha-chao. Goodbye. What? <laughs> Can you call me off guard. I'm so sorry. <laughs> There's more than one way to say goodbye, Drew. <laughs> no, there isn't. Bye bye. <laughs> bye. It was in particular the fact that immediately after you just returned to normal. You're like, goodbye. <laughs> I was channeling the sound of music. It's perfect. <laughs> For some reason. Kablamo! Did you enjoy the show? Then please do what the cosmos compels you to and spread the gospel of who back when. Tell your friends! But I've got no friends! No problemo, tell some strangers! Hey! Like us on Facebook. That's facebook.com slash who back when. All in one word. Are you into Twitter? Awesome! High five us online and we'll high five you right back. You guessed it, we're at who back when. All in one word. Check us out on Instagram for behind the scenes photos and other Whovian goodness. Watch our videos or even listen to our podcast on YouTube. That's whobackwhen.com slash YouTube. Vote us up on Reddit, listen to us on Stitcher and head on over to our website whobackwhen.com where you can submit a review of your own, browse the article archives and peruse our visual index of aliens, monsters and more which increases in Kablamos with every episode. And lastly, give us a rating and review on iTunes. It helps our show get noticed and earns you lots of karma points. That's it. Rock on and be rad and excellent to each other. Catch your earballs in our next Who review or bonus episode. Until then, cha ciao. Who back when?